All right, let's go over the facts of the case again. Sometimes Jack helps me, no, that's bad. <laughs> we don't know exactly what Jack is, <laughs> um, but he's a being who sometimes gives Desdemona sponsored magic, whether she likes it or not. Albion, uh, in a moment, suspected something was wrong with Des, so he opened his, uh, his magical third eye and had a consequence simply titled, No, 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 no! Something just whacked Wesley real bad. Fuck, I'll be right there. It looks like he got bushwhacked pretty hard. He has a broken right arm and some broken ribs on that side as well. The motion uh, of them between one frame to the next is impossibly fast. It kind of looks like Wes entering the alley for a second time. Albion, did, did you see that? Was that, was that Marcus? It's... A voice that you did not expect to hear on your answering machine anytime soon. Hi, this is Detective Sergeant Ditko, uh, calling, oh, calling for one uh, Desdemona Brown. If you could return this call uh, at your earliest convenience, that would be much appreciated. Thank you. Desdemona, you're standing there in your house with those words ringing through your room and probably in your head. Sergeant Ditko just left you a message on your voicemail. What are you going to do about that? Uh, she's probably going to think about things for a few minutes. She also does want to look at her caller ID to see if there's anything she could find regarding whoever, you know, other Wes, whatever he called about, um, she's going to want to find that phone number quickly before she does anything else, because that is why she came home in the first place. That is true. So, yeah, go right ahead and look through your caller ID. You find the number, and it is a Vermont number, but it is not Wes's number. Of course. Mm, Des, you got yourself into a mess this time. Okay. And Des, for a fate point, you can have a solution offered to you. No, thanks. You're going to completely reject my compel. Um, solution to what? Are we talking about the Wesley situation or are we talking about the Ditko situation? Oh, the Ditko situation. Uh, there is, uh... There is definitely a voice in the back of your head that is trying to come in and offer you some advice. You can choose to listen to it for a fate point. I'm going to try to push that out of out of her head, actually. Okay. Um, I am going to accept your fate point, but then I'm going to give it right back because there's a thing happening that you don't really get a decision in this time. 
So net zero. Cool. You are pushing back against the influence of Mr. Jack, that dark passenger in your head. And uh, you you put up those walls and you realize that he's still talking to you. But this these sort of nebulous suggestions of how he can help you have changed. And the whole timbre and tone has completely changed. And if if you had to mentally picture this, like you you basically constructed a wall in your mind, mm-hmm. and Mr. Jack has just slipped through the cracks in it. Ugh. And he comes up basically behind you in your headspace and just says, not so fast. You owe a debt, Miss Desdemona Brown, and you can't avoid when the debtor comes calling. This is my house. I don't want you here in my house. And yet here I am. Oh well. What do you want? I want to collect on some of that debt. And what would that entail? Well, that's actually part of the purpose here. I've been letting you run up some credit without ever telling you what it was for and what sort of debt you were getting yourself into. I just figured, you know, that's not quite fair. Even the scummiest of individuals on this planet that you call home tend to lay out the terms, don't they? That they do, but you've never seemed to follow any rules anyway. Well, let's follow some rules right now. I need you to make a discipline roll. Okay. Your target for this discipline is going to be a five. Two. Okay. Um, I am going to just tell you right now that you are going to want to spend some fate points. Because the sensation uh, that you are fighting against is excruciating. Okay. The closest thing that you can feel to what you are feeling right now is when you were at the ski lodge and you let Mr. Jack come out. Oh dear. Oh no. Except this time you're not acquiescing and you're not just sort of letting him out. He's trying to force this. Uh-huh. Okay, well, okay. I've got three, so take two, and we will tag... Uh... Fun fact, you're actually invoking aspects. Tags are when it's free. I've been saying it wrong the whole time, and that's my bad. Then I will invoke two aspects. I'll invoke sometimes Jack helps me. No, that's bad. Emphasis on the bad part. Um, and... <laughs> Um, I'm going to tag Born with the Gift because um, she's going to try to use everything within her, um, every force and every power that she's got to try to fight this. Okay. And that should um, bring it to a six. Yes. The I, I will accept your first one based entirely on the knowledge that this is bad and you don't want it to happen. I will accept that justification for an invocation. Take your two fate points and uh, I will tell you that for a moment, you feel sort of suspended, out of time, out of place, 
you don't feel like you're in your own home anymore. You don't feel like you're anywhere. It's impossible for you to determine how long that sensation lasts. In the nothingness, time is meaningless. But all of a sudden, you are jerked back into reality as you summon up your mental reserves to fight against whatever is happening here. And you manage to sort of keep your the castle of your mind secure, at least for now. And you you are back in your house, right where you were. Uh, you realize that the clock has only ticked forward one second, and you are just recovering from this feeling of utter wrongness. Your limbs don't feel like they're in the right place currently, even though they are. Your head feels like it's on backwards, and everything inside feels upside down. The sensation starts to pass as you reassert yourself in reality through your own force of will. And uh, you see, when you look to the clock to see how much time has actually passed, in the reflection of the glass, you see this form hovering behind you. If you turn to look, it's not there. But in the reflection, it's there, hanging around your neck and head, and in this sort of amorphous mass and that mass grins and says that was a fraction of your debt Desdemona Brown oh god do you now understand why I've been insisting that you look in oh I think from now on, you should be a little more ready to listen to the advice I have to offer you. What do you want, Jack? To help you, Desdemona Brown. You're no good to me if you're indisposed or dead. I, I think I can manage. I think I can do it. Would you like me to test that theory? Attempt to call in more of your debt? No. See how well you can manage? No. Then I think we understand where we are right now, don't we? Just do what you want, then. All I want is for you to listen to me here and again. Stop shutting me out. It's not fair. You have my attention right now. I'm listening. Just listen more. Hey, Mike. What? GM? Um, I would be willing to spend a fate point to use Guide My Hand to interrupt this. Uh, I will tell you that he's he's actually leaving now. He's done exactly what he wants, and he's actually uh leaving Dez in cold silence. All right. She's gonna just take a few minutes just to she probably kind of goes down onto her knees and just starts touching things to ground herself and you know just like touching her limbs and touching the walls and touching the touching the floor uh and just trying to calm her nerves and steady them and she's probably going to go make a cup of tea when she starts to stop shaking and then she's like I guess I have a phone call to make are you are you calling one Detective Sergeant Ditko? Uh-huh. Okie dokie. 
Awesome. Well, your friendly neighborhood detective sergeant picks up the phone. You're calling him on his direct line. Mm-hmm. This is Detective Sergeant Ditko. Uh, who is calling? The spirits speak to Desdemona Brown, and now so do you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, your card said you were a medium psychic. That is correct. <laughs> He's going to have to roll an alertness roll because, well, it is still you, uh, but you are disguising your voice. Oh, yes. I'm going to have you roll me some sort of deceit, which I think you can do with performance now because this is absolutely an act of performance. Yep. So give me that performance roll, and I'm going to give you a uh, an aspect that you can tag for free um, that you're on the phone, and therefore, like, both times you've called have been on the phone, so he's not getting, like, the, the real deal voice all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Do I have a difficulty to hit? Uh, what did you get? I got a three. Okay, cool, because he's defending against that with a one. He didn't pick up on anything yet. The the longer you talk to him, that particular, like, that scene tag is not going to be sticky. Uh, yeah, so I was looking into reports that there was some sort of hit and run, and there I found a business card uh, asking for someone to call you in the, uh, in the alley where this particular incident was reported out behind the skinny pancake. Uh, is there anything that you would happen to know about this incident, Miss Brown? About a hit and run behind this skinny pancake? That, that is what I just said. Just to clarify, I'm afraid that I do not know anything about a hit and run at that location. I do run a business, officer, and I do rely, like almost like a podcast, if you will, on word of mouth. And so I do tend to leave my business cards all over the place. (laughs) Terrible habit, I know. Not very green of me, but what can I say? Um, okay. You're gonna have to actually roll some sort of deception on this because that is an incredible lie. Is it though? That's in not this a case, lie. It's not yeah, exactly. That's not a hot, <laughs> yeah, but that's not even a little bit why you left that there. She's getting to it. She's not done talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, he currently doesn't believe you, so um That a businesswoman left a business card somewhere and it ended up like in an alley near trash cans. You taped it to the wall. No. <laughs> okay, yeah, you did leave it on the ground. Yeah, that was never taped to the wall. Yeah. Let the record okay. show. <laughs> Play back the tapes. <laughs> We're not having another one of those uh, boombox incidents. Yeah. It's fine. I'll roast me. Good. Uh, okay. So this is, yeah. So you finish. You may finish your, your tale. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a deceit roll anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, she's not done because... <laughs> Now, in this particular case, regarding that specific business card, it did have a personal message on it, but that is only because I had had a prophetic dream. 
that had said that if I were to reach out at that location, that a friend of mine who had run off to a cult and has gone incommunicado would contact me. And that was just my way of reaching out to offer assistance and help. But again, you know, it was only a dream. But, you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. Isn't that right, officer? Okay, let's roll against this now. Yeah. Performance okay? Well, yeah, because you're using your stunt. Because that's a three as well. Okay, well, um, you set a challenge, and he did just meet it. Uh, he met it exactly at three, which is not a wild success. It just barely meets and means that he doesn't fully believe you. Do you want to burn that last fate point? Or you can let this conversation just continue. He doesn't have to 100% believe you. He just has to believe you enough. I think we should continue. Ditko, there's a moment where he processes this this story that you have just spun. And uh, he <laughs> he just waits for a second and says, uh-huh. You had a you had a prophetic dream. That's correct. I I'm a medium psychic. Yeah, I I've seen your card. I know. So, you you're telling me your your claim is that you left that business card for that individual in that alley completely unrelated to the incident that I'm investigating. Well, yes, of course. Okay, um, well, are you aware of the victim of that hit and run? I'm not. Okay, well, uh, the individual is currently in the hospital, recovering. Uh, one Wesley Dalrymple, does that name ring any bells for you? I'm afraid that it doesn't. That's a bald-faced lie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Roll it! It's another three. Uh, he meets. How about that fate point? Well... Go ahead, you can ta I can invoke Teacup Loving Tailspinner. I bet you sure can. I mean, you've been tailspinning already, so yeah. Okay, it's just consistent with the tale that you've already spun, I suppose, that you don't know this person. I, I see. Can you, uh, uh, could you just clarify in a full statement, you do not know the victim, you have no knowledge of the incident, and your business in that exact location within the 24 hours or so of the incident was completely coincidental. Absolutely. I, I, I'd like you to actually make that statement, if you don't mind. Do you need me to roleplay that, Mike? Yes. <laughs> because this, you're doing teacup-loving tailspinner. <laughs> you're going to spin me a tail, and that includes giving a statement to a police officer. <laughs> I, Desdemona Brown... Medium psychic, left a business card behind in an alley due to a prophetic dream. The same alleyway happened to have a hit and run where a young man was hit and is now in the hospital. And that is all purely coincidental and has nothing to do with me. Did I get it? Did you need anything else, officer? No, that's... <laughs> That statement should be sufficient, thank you. Uh, I will say, have we met before? Oh, I don't think so. From what I understand, you've lived in town for, uh, a number of years now. That is correct. Yeah, Burlington ain't that big, and as you say, you go into town and you leave business cards and- Indeed I do. 
attempt to attract clientele, I'm surprised that we haven't crossed paths. Well, that's because I don't work with missing cases anymore. Anymore? Just a joke. Uh-huh. little levity. <laughs> Look, what I'm investigating is pretty serious right now, and I, I apologize, but I'm not exactly in the mood for levity at the moment. I'm sure you understand. Well, then I won't take up any more of your precious time, Officer Ditko. Okay. Have a good day. Uh, thank you for the statement, Miss Brown. Of course. Goodbye. Click. We gotta get this motherfucker transferred or fired or something. (laughs) (laughs) How hard is Des gripping the seat of her chair? (laughs) She's just happy that she was able to do that and not have to go through Jack to do it. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, that phone call has ended. Mm-hmm. I'm sure other people want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> what a thought. I assume that we're going to skip ahead to tomorrow unless anyone else has something they wanted to do. Not today. I mean, I, there was something else that I did want to do, but I, I guess it doesn't have to be today. No, go for it. Everyone okay. else can take downtime scenes, and that's fine. That's a tabletop role-playing game, babe. Okay. She needs to call Warden Beaumont. Ah, okay. All right. Go for it. Okay. Um, hello? Oh, uh, hi, Des. Um, what's up? Um, I've got a bit of a, a conundrum. Uh, I'm not even sure I should be talking to you about it, but, um, I also don't, I don't want you to find out uh, that that I knew about it and and didn't tell you either, so I'm not really sure what to say or do about it. Is this have anything to do with uh when Albion was over earlier? Uh, Albion was over. Yeah, he uh he came by. He brought pizza. We talked to Fendra, trying to get information on whatever it is that you know beat up Wes. Um, no, no, it's nothing to do about that. Um, uh, I'm not even sure I should say this, but somebody got hurt, so, um, uh, I think I saw Marcus earlier. Oh, oh, uh, okay, um, where and when? Well, I'm, (sighs) part of me doesn't want to talk about it, another part does, because, uh, I, (laughs) I don't want that sort of yours coming into play, okay? I I don't think that Marcus is a threat. However, there's also somebody who, like, looked like Wesley and, and called me and had him text him, and, and now Wes is hurt, and uh, so I don't know what to think or feel. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure if that if they're related, but they're, it was both at the same place. So um, I'm kind of, uh, kind of messed up about the feelings about it right now. What, the, the alley behind the skinny pancake? Yeah. Yeah, um, Sylvester, Albion, and I saw him go down there. Uh, he disappeared before Sylvester could get to him. He's, he's faster than me. We, we're pretty sure it was him, but he huh. disappeared. Um, and you had said before if he ever came back, and normally I wouldn't want to because he's my friend, and I, I trust him, but then, then Wes got hurt, and so, um... I, I'm, I'm do you know anything messi- more? I'm sorry. Do you know anything more about what happened with Wes? 
I, um, I need I need the details. I need as much information as I can right now. If you want me to help. Well, yeah. Okay. So, um, Wes had called me, and I have I have a phone number. It wasn't Wes's phone, and it wasn't Wes because Wes said that he didn't call me first. But he was asking for a location of where to go to search um for Marcus, and uh, so I texted the location of the alley behind the skinny pancake and so he went there and then he got he got injured really badly and from what we could find from the little bit of the security footage that we were able to get it there was like a a west but not west because he was moving supernaturally fast and we think that that might be pertaining to what happened to his incident and injury uh he curses in french under his breath oh okay yeah, this is, I think this is Oklahoma City all over again. What happened in Oklahoma City? You were there. Oh, crap. All of your friends are currently in danger, Des. Anyone that associates with Albion is currently in danger, if I'm right. Oh, well, um, so I, I've, I've done what I, I wanted to do, and, um, please, if you see Marcus, please don't kill him right away. I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta call my, my friends. Uh, Bye. <laughs> Yeah, please don't be alone right now, okay? She's already hung up. <laughs> she probably <laughs> dropped the phone first, like there's a big clonk, and then you're scrambling to hang up the phone. <laughs> All right. And she's probably going to send a group text to, you know, like, slumber party does this house mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the soundtrack is Weird Al Yankovic's mandatory fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why is nobody having a good time? I specifically requested it. <laughs> oh man alright mandatory sleepover everybody alright Albion okay. is going to his um to this thing in the attic and he's definitely going to invoke Odin works for me makes sense to me for everybody uh the night seems to pass pretty uneventfully Dreamtime, however is not completely uneventful for one sylvester coopersmith oh god damn it <laughs> yeah you're back there son of a bitch it's that same nightmare you know this nightmare you know it all too well uh... so we can cut to the chase yeah this time when the shit hits the fan and something takes a chunk out of your leg when you look over to that one street lamp you see a, you see a figure in the shadow of it it looks like your friend des what <laughs> you can't entirely tell because you're seeing this person from behind as they're walking away into the dark out of the cone of illumination provided by this one sort of poorly maintained street lamp but it's a feminine shape, it looks like Des, and then it disappears into the preternatural darkness of Dream New York City, and you wake up. Alright. Hmm. That's a first. Indeed it is. Other than that, morning comes, and Yay. nobody's died. Yay! <laughs> so, do we have that number that um Wes called from? Of course, it was on Desdemona's answering machine. Did Des give me that number? Yeah. 
All right, before everyone else wakes up, call it like 5 a.m., Albion is awake. He has just finished um, invoking Odin upstairs, offerings of honey and bread and whatnot, very deep in thought and in focus. Comes downstairs, slugs back an AL81, and calls that number. Okay. Well, when you call the number, it rings, and it rings, and it goes to voicemail, just saying that the person cannot be reached at this time, and that you can leave a message. Howdy, asshole. Now, I thought our business was going to be concluded when I nearly killed you back in Oklahoma. And unfortunately, you didn't seem to learn the lesson. So you're going to call me back. You're going to name a time and place. And we will end this between us. Tell me where. Tell me when. And I will put you in the fucking ground. I warned you. Albie's going to hang up. Okay. Your phone rings. A moment later. Howdy. Uh, who, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> no. Asshole, you left a threatening voicemail. Tell me who you are before I call the cops. Well, I'm someone whose friend got attacked in an alleyway by someone who attacked a family member in Oklahoma and who called, leaving a deceptive voicemail using this number. Listen, I don't know who... I don't know about anything that you're talking about right now. All I know is that, uh, I'm at work. And this phone over here just rang, and I will have you know, whoever you're threatening, you're too late. They're already dead. I beg your pardon? Yeah, this isn't my phone, idiot! Whose phone is it? Um, I don't think that's information that I can release to you. Not if I'm going to ethically continue doing my job. Hang on one second. Is this... is this Burhow? Who the hell are you? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Miss Bearhow, I'm very sorry if I frightened you. Yeah, you fucking <laughs> should be! <laughs> uh, Miss Bearhow, I'm friends with uh, your colleague Sylvester, and, um... What? Look. Wait. Okla Oklahoma. I... Okay, he doesn't talk about his friends, really, but you're from Oklahoma, and you're friends with the butt doctor? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... I assume that he's mentioned that weird hick he hangs around with? Not. Look, when he shows up, it's usually to look at a dead person, so you haven't really come up. All right, um, I will talk to Sylvester, and, uh, I, we might need to look into this person whose phone this is, because this is a, it's a weird one. God damn it. I hate getting up early for this job sometimes. The weirdest shit happens when it, and the sun hasn't even come up yet. You know you scared the absolute piss out of me, okay? Yeah, and I'm sorry for that, but, uh, in my yeah, defense, I was trying to- Yeah, you better be sorry for that. In my defense, I'm pretty sure I was threatening whoever killed the person this phone belongs to. Why were you threatening a- You know what? Never mind. If you want to explain, show up with Cooper Smith and vegan donuts. <laughs> Can do. Once again, I'm very sorry. Yeah, I hope you are. Albion's gonna hang up far more sheepishly this time. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> wait an hour, and then wake up Sylvester. Okay. Uh, hey, Sylvester, we gotta go to the morgue. What the fuck did you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, a apparent, 
Apparently, the phone that not Wesley called from belongs to someone who is currently uh, with your uh, your colleague Bearhow. Oh, so they're dead. <laughs> yeah, and that's troubling. So uh, I'd like to investigate that. Fine. Probably. I know Rose's not going to be happy I'm waking her up this early, but I need her and Des uh, to be alert. Well, yeah. Also, I need vegan donuts, but how made me promise. She does do that. All right. <sighs> Are we going to get I... in the car and drive over? To yep. the A86. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in Eurobeat. <laughs> Bear how? It's the Batman theme by Eurobeat. Basically. Okay, we made it. Hey everybody, it's Mike, your game master, your best friend, and your run out of things to be your boy of boy. This is what we do when we are out of ideas. Ideas are gone. It's been 28 episodes. Sure, I haven't done the break for all of them, but, you know, a lot of them. I don't have that many ideas in head. We want to give a big thanks to this week's sponsor, Canva. C-A-N-V-A. It's like Canvas, but minus the S at the end. Canva Pro is the design software that makes design simple, convenient, and reliable. I am not an artist. I'm not a designer. I haven't been either of those things for a very long time. I, I mean, I did art when I was a little kid, and I don't think I've ever been a designer. So if I needed to create something artsy and designery, I would probably go to Canva. Canva.com, in fact, they're jam-packed with time-saving tools that can make anyone, even a dunce like me, look like a professional designer. They have price plans to fit your budget, including free if you are a cheapskate like I am. They've got tutorial videos, they've got blogs, they've got all these powerful tools that you're going to want to use. And you can save 15% off of Canva business cards when you apply the coupon B2BIZ15, which is in the description below because that's a hard coupon code. It's B2BIZ15 upon checkout at canva.com. Go to our referral link, which is partner.canva.com slash ppn. That's partner.canva.com canva.com slash ppn and get yourself started designing something really nice thank you as always to you the listener for listening to this show and for putting up with me thank you to the pocket podcast network as ever for hosting the show as well as a bunch of other exciting podcasts such as them's the facts fun little game show about lying to your friends or not no dice and coming soon to the network on February 27th, Poke Makers, in which Alex and JD of Sorted Acclaim are going to make a whole new Pokemon game from scratch. I might have composed their theme music, so you might need to check this one out 100% for sure. I have no bias or skin in this game. If you like what you're listening to, well, that's great. I'm happy. But also... 
if you like what you're listening to and are on social media, you can give us a follow on Twitter and Facebook at GMMcast and tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your loved ones, tell your pets. But your pets can't tweet, so all those other people can tweet, and if they do tweet, make sure they use the hashtag GMMcast when tweeting about the show. Want to interact with us a little more uh, directly than that? We have a Discord server. We just got all your bases covered. Links to everything in the description below. And now, back to Mike has only three different voices that he knows. The podcast. Hey, Alex, you love Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Want to listen to a new Harry Potter podcast? No. Oh. But Sorted is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Cool. What does that mean? It means we're going to sort things. Ash Ketchum's a Slytherin. Shrek's a Gryffindor. Your dog is a Hufflepuff. And all Ravenclaws are robots. Come check out Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast. On the Pocket Podcast Network. All right, the two of you. Um, who is going to knock on the door? Sylvester, Albion will be standing a couple steps back with a box of donuts. That's wise. <laughs> with a little hand-drawn card in it that, um, shockingly well hand-drawn, it's just a a little cute cartoon version of Albion, uh, <laughs> with, holding a box of donuts that just says above it, I'm sorry for scaring you. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to get the Crayolas, too? Look, I I draw sometimes, all right? You get bored on the road sometimes. I mean, I could just get you actual fucking crayons and not, you know, shitty wax sticks, but go off, I guess. (laughs) And I also have to occasionally sketch the the things I kill, so, no. With crayons. You learn to try to be good at it. Not with crayons, with pencils. This This is pencil. I don't know what you're talking about, wax sticks and shit. I mean, Crayola still have that waxy thing on the colored pencils, but this is beside the point. Knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see the interior door on Bearhouse Crematorium open slightly, and you see a familiar face, well, a sliver of a familiar face, looking back through when she sees that it is you, and she opens just a little more so she can look behind to see who else is there. Alvin is holding up the donuts and the card. And it's some dude holding a box of donuts. Yeah, he's he's sorry about, you know, being a dumbass and all. Uh, okay. And scaring the shit out of you. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. So the door opens, and Albion, you've you haven't met this person before. I have not. You have not. Miss Bearhow runs a crematorium, and she pretty much dresses the part. You remember Polly Perrette from NCIS? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, so that kind of perky goth aesthetic? Oh, That's no. Miss Bearhow. Oh no, she's hot. <laughs> Wait, is that what she looks like? <laughs> no, but it's the aesthetic. Okay. So, Tom, of course she's yeah. hot. She runs a crematorium. Hey, Mike? <laughs> what a wild Fuck off. You kill him, she grills him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's that's the thing. I so, hate everyone and everything. Let's move on. I wish oh. everyone else was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Alvi, inside the card when she opens it, by the way, is a gift card for more vegan donuts. 
that's that's very good uh so uh when the door actually opens you can see that she is holding uh a very heavy very ornate looking candlestick it's macabre it's heavy and it would definitely hurt whoever was on the other end of the door if it hadn't been you so good job you spooked her oh easy there uh uh howdy hi I would like to once again apologize for not for indirectly threatening you. And from whom am I accepting this apology, Doc? Uh, his name's Albion Graves. He's a he's a professional game hunter. Something like that. You brought a guy named Graves to a crematorium. You know, I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, like right out loud. But yes, yes, I did. You know what? I didn't think about that either. I, I can I can go somewhere else. No, no. The fact that this is actually making me really kind of laugh inside is pretty much the only reason I'm going to let you in. I was going to ask you to leave the donuts and uh, go back to the car, but you know what? It's funny to have someone named Graves inside of a, a crematorium and mortuary. Is this a first? <sighs> All right. How many people do you know with the last name of Graves? That one guy from Clerks. I can name several. Of course you can name se- You know what? Get in here. The stiff isn't getting any more fresh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you enter, and uh, as you get deeper in, well, it smells about like you'd expect. So, unpleasant, clinical, and, uh, eh, formaldehyde Sly's gonna take a big old whiff. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're not used to these sorts of smells. Yeah, remember his internship was working at the military base where you got to check all the recruits before they enter. So, oh, plenty of practice. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. You find your way to uh, the back where she has body on a slab. You like you do. Neat. Well, I pulled this one out because I knew that you were coming and I knew you'd want to take a look. So You shouldn't have. Well, I mean, I was going to call you, you know, a little later today to tell you that we had a weird one. So I just I guess I got beaten to the punch. So, hey, why don't we? T uh, oh, um, sorry, M Mr. Graves, you're a game hunter. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So you're not necessarily going to be too freaked out by uh, the sight of death and dismemberment. No, I've, uh, I can handle it. Oh, uh, I do have to ask, um, do you, do you eat the game that you hunt? Well, depends on the hunt, but usually if I'm, uh, if I'm in the market for meat that's edible, then yeah. Huh, okay. Well, I guess I'll have to accept that answer. Anyway, uh, then she, with, she not super gingerly pulls the, uh, tarp back from, uh, the dude's head. And you can see that this is a, you know, middle-aged person, looks male, and uh, he's got a head, all right. And she says, yeah, look at this guy's head. It's a really nice head. So let's go down a little lower. She pulls that lower, and the head is, you know, facing the right way for the body that's there. That all looks fine. And then she sort of taps the head slightly and it rolls over. It's Whoa. in no way connected to the neck. 
gnarly. So you're real into you're real into the showmanship part of this, huh? I don't get to do this very often. It's usually only Dr. Cooper Smith, and uh, you know, doctors are weird. They get a She's kick right. out of this shit. She is also right. I would call it gallows humor, but I think we're past the gallows. Yeah, Mr. Graves. Actually, uh, when you mention gallows, I should say something about this. Uh, I, if you look at the ligature marks, it's clearly not a clean separation. It's not like somebody put this guy in a guillotine. Though, you know, he eh, maybe deserved it. I don't know. He seemed kind of like a rich idiot. But uh, that's, my, that's a judgment call I'm making and not a medical judgment call. So we can ignore that. However, it wasn't guillotine and it wasn't a clean severing, which it would still be weird if it was. And I still might have called you. If you look here, you can see these marks here are clearly from somebody's head getting twisted all the way around. Mm. Yep. Hmm. That's so. uh, Oh, actually, uh, she picks up the head, does a full it gives it a little 360 spin and places it back. There, now it's back how we found it. <laughs> Christ, Christ, oh, fucking mighty. That's a, that's a nasty bit of business, that. Hey, I went in the opposite direction of the uh, apparent stretch. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, that's not what you meant. Okay. No, no, yours is fine. Uh, the, but, um, I'm gonna make a... Is there any sort of check I can make right now? Well, you have a doctor who has a forensics stunt. Yeah, I was waiting to do that. I just wanted to see if he had a thing he could do. Or is he just here to watch? I think he's here to apologize. Okay, cool. Doctor time. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi, it's doctor time. <laughs> All right. It's doctor. Hello, Mario. Hi, I'm Luigi. So we're going to set a we're going to set a difficulty because the fact that, well, there are some things about this that are obvious and some things that are not. We're going to set the base difficulty at a three, and every couple shifts above that is going to increase the success, so you get more and more answers. Neat. Okie dokie. Dice roll, dice roll, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Okay. Scholarship, I got... scholarship. Ra ra ra. Yeah, I got a six. Oh okay. God. You will get, like, one bit of pertinent information beyond what you already know. Uh, if you give me fate points, you will get more. How many do you want? Uh, that's <laughs> how, how much information do you want, Dr. Cooper Smith? How much information do you have, Mr. Game Master Guy? <laughs> how many fate points do you have, Darius? I don't know, like eight. <laughs> well, oh do you want that much information? Is there that much information? Eight informations, please. You can only, I mean, you only have the seven different aspects that you can justify invoking. And uh, so, no, I can't take all eight. Mm. Mm -mm. Which, uh, invoke any relevant. Wait, wait a any minute. any relevant ones that you want. What? I'm dumb. I did math wrong. Uh-oh. So I rolled plus two. And then with forensic medicine, that makes my six and eight. Oh, okay. He's I did math wizard. bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, forensic medicine stunt is very helpful. So, Yay. okay. So, there's a bit of a bruising pattern on this person's head. You can tell that that bruising pattern would be hand-shaped, like somebody basically just grabbed this dude's head and spun it around from the head. From the severity and sort of nature of the injuries, 
you can tell that this particular twisting was done extremely fast, which makes sense given that the head is not attached anymore. But the speed at which it was done is absolutely faster than any human person could ever do. This is 100% some supernatural thing that is very fast moving. <laughs> you have a reason to think this is, uh, this is probably, if everyone else thinks this is the, the guy, the supernatural guy that pretended to be Mr. Giuseppe, it would make sense for this to be the same perp. Yep. Hmm. I mean, you rolled so good, I'm basically just, I kind of have to give that to you. Right. Okie doke. Well. So is this, Alvin's just going to look at him and ask quietly, so it's what we think it is? Yep. We shouldn't let him walk. Yep. Hey, so, um, totally not something I'm supposed to do, but you guys want more juicy details? Actually, yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Vic's from out of town. Where is he from? Vic's got uh, likely a burner cell phone for when he's doing business in uh, in Vermont. You know, he's an out of state guy trying to make good with the locals. Sort of a industrialist trying to move in and you know muscle in on some kind of uh, some sort of consumer good in the area. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we know. He's from at, he's from Pennsylvania, out of state guy. Dandy. Does this perp have a name? Sorry, not perp. Vic. <laughs> uh yeah well the perp's probably got a name too yeah what's the vic's name though <laughs> uh you know what here you go she hands you a piece of paper it has this person's driver's license front and back on it copies made of identifying documents that were on this person's person all right there you go you can go look at that on your own time i'm i'm going to de-stress by doing work which means preparing bodies for cremation. All right, and um, enjoy those donuts. Uh, um, hey, hands here the card. Aw, you know what? Thanks. Lovebirds make some really good stuff, so uh, thank you for the donuts. And I guess I can forgive you for calling a dead guy's cell phone and threatening me on it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I appreciate that forgiveness. Thank you. Okay, well, bye. Take care. I'm on the clock. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> and we're leaving, Michael, obviously. We're not just yes. standing there. <laughs> no, yeah, no leaving. She, she's, she's giving you a friendly wave goodbye. She seems to be kind of chipper now that you're leaving her alone to do her grim work. Yay. Yay. Ro hasn't done much this episode. What's Ro up to? Ro has decided that if Des is okay in the house by herself, Ro's going to take a walk down by Lake Champlain and just kind of... She's trying to clear her head, but it's more of an excuse to keep an eye out for anything um, specifically monster or Shadrach related. So it's less clear her head, more fill her head with anxieties um, as she frequently looks over at anything that moves in the water. Okay. So well, you're not staying with Des? We told you not to be alone. Yeah, she didn't quite listen because I think <laughs> that 
either Des was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm okay. Or she's using an excuse like, I'm going to go get coffee or donuts for us. And she's just taking a little detour. Or did you just sneak out of the house? That is also a possibility. Either way, Ro did not listen. <laughs> I'm going to need you to actually pick one. Okay. Um, I, I, think, I think it's the, the coffee and donuts thing. That, that's... I don't that think requires, she just... That requires Christine slash Dez to agree to such a thing. Okay. Hey, Dez, I'm going to get donuts. Bye. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, yeah, I <laughs> figured I'd get us some, some breakfast. Um, I'll be back in a few. Uh, okay, don't, don't be gone too long. Because, um, you know, the, don't, don't trust anybody. Just, just go there and come back. Okay, but remember, this is this is the house with the wards, and out there, there could be, there could be lookalikes, bad lookalikes. I know. That's okay. I'm not going to worry about you the entire time you're gone. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's. Is that a rapport uh, attack? I don't. It no. feels like it. <laughs> no, no. If it's no, not no. on row, it's definitely on me. <laughs> 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 Damn. That's okay. She walks to a closet and gets cleaning supplies. <laughs> or stress cleaning. <laughs> Y'all are going to come back and her house is just going to be spotless. I mean, what, whatever works, I guess. So Ro makes a point to turn on her phone's location and shows Des so she knows that she's like, good. Um, fully knowing that she will be checked on. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think she she heads out because she needs to just kind of clear her head. And it's really bothering her that things are weird right now. OK. So, yeah. So you find your way down to downtown Burlington, down by the waterfront. And you're just sort of clearing your head, getting a look around, trying to see if see anything really mm -hmm. that could perhaps uh, help move things forward. And uh, I, I'll say when you are sort of walking, it's, it's a cooler day than the past couple days. The dead fish have been cleared up, obviously. So um, you are able to get pretty close without any issues. You can basically go right up to the water, just as long as you're not going in it. I mean, I've done that before, too. So. <laughs> there are signs posted uh, out by the waterfront park uh, that tell advise residents to not go in mm -hmm. given the fact that uh, you know, it, the water is not safe at the moment. You, uh, you can see just across the lake, not much is happening less even than usual. And I'm going to have you roll me a couple of rolls. Uh, okay. First one is going to be, a lore roll and your target is going to be a three all right that's a four nice i have won you did it you did it and i'm proud of you i so, won the podcast <laughs> uh congrats you've ended the show again you're welcome what's your <laughs> prize well she's leaving here with a new car i just bought a car oh well now you have to Okay. Deal with it. <laughs> you feel a sensation, a sort of weirdness in the air, and you know now that you are 
half fey, and that your fey heritage comes from the summer court. You don't know much about the summer court of the fairies. You may not know that they feel they have sort of this antithetical feeling when it comes to the magic of the winter court. Like it's it's kind of mutual weakness where the summer court and the winter court, their magics are really good at hurting the other Mm -hmm. and making the other really uncomfortable. And right now you're a little uncomfortable. Okay. Something feels off and it's striking you in a way that feels internal and that you may associate with that heritage, but you may not know to do so. Mm -hmm. So on your alertness roll, I am going to give you a a one-time scene tag of something feels off and your alertness is going to be a six that you must meet. All right. Well, it's a good thing my alertness is a three. That's a five. I'm going to drop my dice. I'm going to tag an aspect. Um, Does that include... I mean, you have the scene aspect that you can tag because that one's free. Oh, that's when I can tag? Yes, because oh, you you put yes. that aspect... You, you discovered that aspect through your lore assessment, so you get to tag it. Then yes, I'm going to tag that then. Awesome. Now that you are deliberately looking out at the water in the plain daylight the water is darker than it ought to be that's unusual in and of itself the way that light is refracting through the water doesn't seem to be the same as it usually does it seems a little more dank and dark down there it seems even more so in one particular area and that area is slowly moving Not toward you, not necessarily away from you, but there is that particularly dark area out in the lake that does seem to be moving slowly. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, How many people are around right now? Well, right now it's still March. It's still kind of chilly. So people aren't hanging out here, especially a lot. There's a few people moving around. Okay. Um, hmm. Rose gonna take a couple steps further and be standing right at the the water, like the water's edge. Okay. As you do that feeling that you got from that lore roll, it it feels even a little stronger as you approach the water. It's a subtle shift in strength, but it's definitely a little more than it was. You just keep looking at that sort of dark shape in the water out in the distance, your reverie is interrupted by a familiar voice behind you that says, uh, miss, I wouldn't recommend going in the water right now. And it sounds like Sergeant Ditko. (sighs) Oh no, this fucking piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Either, whichever one it is, I'm right. (laughs) Ro, still not facing him, just nods her head and then goes and starts to walk away from him. Okay. Desdemona. Yeah? While Ro is out of the house, you get a phone call. Hello? It's unusual because you can hear 
you can hear noise in the background. You can hear people talking. You can hear people moving about, but you don't hear a person speaking directly into the phone. There's a unique void of sound there. Does she recognize the number at all? Oh, yeah. It's the police station. Ugh. And it's <laughs> she's just hearing like like almost like a pocket dial from the police station. Well, you would you might think that. You start to hear some tapping sounds on the phone as people are still talking in the background and you you hear a rhythmic tapping on the phone. Does Des know Morse code? I don't think so. Okay. Well, you hear a rhythmic tapping and you hear uh, you hear somebody in the background say, Sarge, you you good? Hey, you alright? I think Des is gonna pull out her cell phone and start trying to record the noise of the clicking coming from the other phone. Okay. Sounds good. You get a couple seconds of that of that tapping sound before you hear something in the background. Hey, uh, can, hey, uh, Murph, can you come over here and take a look? Click. Fuck. All right. Well, she'll stop recording on the uh the cell phone and hang up the regular phone. Send the audio to Albion. She'll text text it to him, I guess, with a you know a text saying something along the lines of "shot in the dark, but Morse code?" Question mark. I would say Albion does know it. What am I hearing? You hear something that doesn't exactly make sense in its order. You hear the letter L, P, and then H, E, and the phone hangs up. I'm going to reply, it's a call for help. Ro? Mm-hmm. You down at the waterfront are walking away from Detective Sergeant Ditko. Could I have you make me an alertness roll? Your target is going to be a four. All right. That's a six, baby. Just for grins and giggles, because you might be a little paranoid at this point, you turn your head over your shoulder to look at Ditko as you're leaving him in your dust. He's not there. Okay. No one's there. Yeah, I figured. Let's do a th- round of three things, and I'm going to start. Uh, Christine. Oh, boy. Name three Muppets that did not make the cut for the original Muppet Show. Um, there is Flurbish the Nerd. Um, there is Butterfly the Princess Pink Sand Queen. Uh, and there is 
Goldie, 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 Goldie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first things that came into my head. That's the game. Yeah. <laughs> that last one, though, that last one was legit. <laughs> <laughs> reaching, 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 reaching. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. <laughs> no, that that was absolutely everything there. That's a something. <laughs> Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.